How bad was this show that, that Thomas is asking to end I it? know, it's crazy. <laughs> You're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 83, recorded November 9th, 2017. On this episode, we talk about Ethereum, Enterprise, and Senior Developers. Here we go. The iPhone X, the iPhone 10, has just been released. But before the iPhone, before the MacBook, before the iMac, before all of that, there was the Apple Lisa. The Apple Lisa was a GUI-based desktop that was sporting a one mega was sporting one megabyte of RAM and a five megabyte hard drive, clocking in at a whopping like nine thousand uh, dollars. It was considered to be a, actually almost ten thousand dollars. It was considered to be a overpriced desktop. Lisa stood for Logical Integrated Systems Architect, but it was always suspected and later confirmed by Steve Jobs himself that that was actually a backronym where they decided to fill in the names, the, the, the letters of Lisa to mean something, and that Steve Jobs had actually named the computer after his daughter. Alleged Lisa. daughter. So, <laughs> the other kind of interesting fact about this is Steve Jobs was kicked off the Lisa project, and as a point of retaliation... He was assigned to the Macintosh project and decided to make the Macintosh, which was going in a completely separate direction, a competitor to the Lisa. All this is under the the larger Apple, Apple umbrella. And although Lisa had several releases, nobody knew remembers any of them except for the original Lisa because the Macintosh hit hit the market running and you know people just loved it. It was a whole marketing thing. But the Lisa itself, released in 1982. Scratch that. Released in 1983. Say, I hope <laughs> this is episode 83 of PHP Ugly, the illegitimate daughter episode. And that intro Hello, is so gentlemen. long. I'm John Congdon. Keep it ugly. <laughs> yeah, our listeners might... Uh... Might have noticed that we didn't record last week, and actually we did record. We had a, a fully recorded and edited episode. Anybody noticed? Um, we even had a special guest. Unfortunately, our special guest was Kevin Spacey, so that episode will never see the light of day. <laughs> I thought I thought it was uh, C.K. C.K. Lewis. Or... Louis C.K. No, it wasn't him. Louis C.K. Yeah. No, he's still working through that. So, uh, so also 1983. Can you guess what else happens? That's right, Thomas. Very good. Microsoft releases Word, a very cutting-edge processor, Word uh, processor thing uh, for your computer. You, you know what else happened in 1983? Uh, probably ha- probably that? half our audience was born. Uh, we're killing them now. I can, I, can, I, can, I can tell you, I can tell you uh, Dick Stallman, uh, he started the uh, GNU project. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's move on from 1983. Can we get up to like at least 2012 or something? You know, I think this show is actually going to be renamed The Ride Out Rides Out because I think this whole show we have enough topics on Thomas Ride Out where uh he he's going to he's going to he's going to we're just going to ride his back the whole uh 
the whole show. These are just these are my notes Thomas. to myself. Thomas. Yes, sir. So what's up? You starting another podcast? I hear I hear you're uh, you've been uh, there shopping is, another podcast around. There is some mention uh, about a, a somewhat doom and gloom oriented podcast uh, that is is in the works. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to talk with Frank about it, but we'll see what we can pull together. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Frank. Wallen. Friend of the show, Frank. Well, that will be interesting. I, I know viewers have asked. So we did have, we did have one person who noticed the the lack of episodes last week, who and a uh, friend of the show, Clayton Stone. Clayton. And he was upset because Man. he didn't get his he didn't get his dose of cryptocurrency news. We so, have some cryptocurrency news oh, this week. We've too. got some great cryptocurrency news. I mean, first off is the the obvious uh, Bitcoin just blowing through the roof. Um, Seventy eight hundred was the high for the week. Wow! Right, right now sitting at seventy two hundred ish. Ethereum, so insane. Ethereum sitting nice and stable at three hundred, never moving, never twitching. Never showing any sign of growth or loss. But there's an interesting thing. It's still new. Interesting thing happened on the Ethereum network this week. You ever... Is that how you're going to categorize it as quote-unquote interesting? Yeah, you ever, you ever, like, fuck up something and then panic and try to recover from it and end up fucking things up way, way worse? All the time. Every day of my life. Like, I've, I had a time where, like, I accidentally updated all of the columns... Instead of just one record on a database entry, that's better and than deleting in my panic, them all. Well, in my panic, I deleted that. them all. Yeah, <laughs> so that was the thing. Is that it, it was the it was the rare double fuck up where you you panic and then make things much much worse. Um, so a a young tinkerer was playing around with uh, some Ethereum wallets, some just basic Ethereum code. Uh, a wallet called Parity. Um, Parity made sure that you had to sort of double opt to spend out of the wallet. And he found a vulnerability that closed the double opt and turned it into a single opt normal wallet and assigned it to him. So realizing what he had just done, accidentally stealing $300 million, he immediately jumped and accidentally permanently locked all the wallets so that nobody had access and the money was permanently just stuck in the ether stuck in his account like he still has access no nope. nobody's account nobody has access to it nobody can get access to it it is just there forever and can never be recovered so that, that's that brings up an interesting point if they know that it's there and we have uh, the blockchain showing all the transactions why can't they be reversed because that would require a hard fork. Uh, that so that would sense. that would require, yeah, that would require someone basically saying, "Here is a manually written command to release all of these wallets that we're going to inject into the blockchain without being verified by fifty-one percent." Um, because programmatically, in Ethereum, everything just sort of works itself out. It says. Do you have permission to send it? Then send it. Do you have permission to receive it? Then receive it. Is the transaction complete? Then complete the transaction. 
but if no one has permission to send it, then it can never get sent. So they would have to inject a block that said, here's all the money back where it should be, which is a hard fork. And people are very, very against this hard fork. Is it really a hard fork or could they they do it? It would be a hard hard fork because blocks are self-signing with the header of the block matching the hash of the previous block. So that's how you get the chaining Mm -hmm. functionality. In order to inject a block, you would have to create a chain that was running simultaneously parallel to the existing chain, and then you'd have to get 51% of people to swap over to the new chain with the modified block in it. Mm -hmm. So it is a hard fork. Um, Even though it's a simple code execution just saying point to this chain instead of that chain, you would still have to get everyone to do it. So... Uh, the the founder creator of Ethereum, Vitalik, is being intentionally quiet, but stated that he does not support a hard fork and that sometimes people lose money. Three hundred million dollars. But it's, it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's it's real bad. Uh, the the one that happened before this, the DAO, which did get a hard fork, was a hundred and fifty million dollars. So this is twice as big as the DAO hard fork. Um, But it doesn't look like the community is supporting hard forking. It looks like whoever lost their money is not powerful enough to get it back, which that's, it's unfortunate. It's now, is this because the DAO is this because DAO is a big corporate conglomerate versus this being a bunch of little peons that may have, you know, a few coins here and there. Uh, this total, is because the DAO, Vitalik says that the DAO was in the infancy of the currency and that a hard fork was more viable at that point in time. And the the currency for the DAO was intended to fund the development of Ethereum. So it essentially would have killed the project if the fork hadn't occurred to recover from the DAO hack. Hmm. So when did this happen? But I... This happened uh, three days ago. And there, there wasn't a, a big price drop in Ethereum? That's surprising. Well, oddly enough, if you look at the laws of the economic laws of uh, supply and demand, Ethereum went up about 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So I, this is just it's another coding error in a, in a smart contract that has backfired and it's it's looking like smart <clears throat> contracts need need something else because they're not they're not doing great right now it's gonna make make it hard for yeah. people to start to trust them if that this kind of thing keeps happening yeah well that that's what i was gonna say it's like how how can you expect the general public to have any faith in this system if this happens and it's kind of like well you know hey shit happens people lose money well, I mean, that's why we are considered bleeding edge users is because we're out, we're putting ourselves out there on the line and we're continuing to invest after losses are being made like that. Um, you know, trust is only part of the currency now. Trust <clears throat> trust was the early value setter for these currencies, but it's, it's no longer the sole value setter. There's so much ownership 
now that value is just inherent to the existence of the of the coins so much so that get this there's a company in the uk called online plc they recently changed their name from online plc to uh, online blockchain or online bitcoin let me get the exact name blockchain gotta be online blockchain plc on the news that they were changing their name, their shares jumped 394%. And do they have anything to do with the blockchain? Yes. Okay. That's that's the big thing, is that these guys do a lot of uh, network technology stuff already. They're already involved in blockchain stuff as part of their business model. But they are focusing on blockchain technology now, which uh, I think people are willing to invest in as as we've seen um and and another thing you know the same thing has happened uh with a colorado firm named bioptics with they nearly doubled their their value when they changed their name to riot blockchain inc so so it'll be uh it'll be cool to work for diego dev blockchain soon <laughs> i'm excited uh, you know what I'm excited about? Wait, PHP. Ooh. I'm hearing I'm hearing more and more from people who are starting to like almost plan vacations around the conference, and I am so stoked to hear that. There's there's been a couple of people I I've gotten feedback from who are just like, oh yeah, you know, we're we're, we're just coming to San Diego now. It's like we're definitely whether whether you guys have the conference, we we are having the conference, not whether we have it or not. But <laughs> it's like we're no, we're coming, we're coming. So I'm uh, I'm getting getting excited, getting really excited. And, and you know, we've been talking, we've been holding off for a long time on the call for papers, and you know, we'll probably do it early next year. And as we're winding down this year, it's like, oh, dude. Dude, we have to start putting together the call for paper site. We gotta, we gotta start doing this stuff. Yep. I'm, I'm really getting stoked. We actually had a big meeting today on some new tooling that we get to use behind the scenes to hold the event. So, looking forward to getting that kind of set up and going. Yeah, I saw you guys had an open source uh, call for papers application. You guys referenced Open CFP. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, been out there for a while. That's Grumpy's. Yeah, he just uh, just did a big revamp of that. Actually, you guys going to be using that? Probably. Uh, you know, probably for the call for papers, we will. Yeah. Yep, just haven't so got it set up yet. We're, uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it, man. Really looking forward to it. I'm I'm starting to get excited. We need to. We still haven't. We still haven't tried to get sponsors sponsors yet, which. I'm really. I'm not even sure why we haven't done that yet. We've we've already put the packages together and we sent it to just a, sent it to a couple of people, right? We just haven't really pushed to find potential sponsors. That's that's yeah. the next step. We've yeah. we've actually had people joining our mailing list on the site, so that's nice to see. There's and a mailing list. Yeah, if you go to wayphp.com, you can sign up for the mailing list. We're not we're not sending much to it. I keep telling Eric we don't want to spam everybody. It's like as we have updates, we'll send them out. Not like with the Twitter. Apparently, apparently sending uh, San Diego fun facts to the mailing list 
you know, is shunned upon by John. <laughs> Whatever. They are getting more fun. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, to John's point, yeah, we we just kind of put together so that when we do do the call for papers, yeah, so uh, we did put together the mailing list. So when we put together the call for papers, uh, you know, anybody who's interested will will be notified. You know, if they don't follow Twitter or many other streams, we'll push out to. But yeah, we're, we're definitely not looking to spam people. Just uh, giving everybody an opportunity to to get notifications as we start to announce things, especially when we start to announce the end of the blind bird, uh, early bird pricing, which I think is going to happen soon. And uh, you know, so if anybody's interested, you want to get that rock bottom price, you should. And you're coming out to San Diego anyways. You should really consider. The uh, blind bird uh, pricing because when that's gone, it's gone. Yeah, and it's going. It's going. <laughs> but you, if your company is willing to help, you can't do a full sponsorship, but you want to help us out anyway. You can also purchase the full price ticket now. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm I'm hoping that these these SD fun facts get a little more detailed now that Twitter has support for 280 characters. Meh. Does it really? I, I, I didn't realize that. <laughs> cool, 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 That was the lamest 280 character tweet I've ever seen. Not true. Uh, uh, no? I, I saw that one that I've, was just that a screen. I've seen. Oh, okay. Thank you. Well, let me get the burns in when I can. So... We we have a little competition in the in the realm of conferences next year. However, I guess uh, View View JS is going to have a, a U.S. conference. Did you guys see this? The yes. U.S. conference. <laughs> uh? I think it's, I think it's called ViewConf.us. Very close, but yeah, and it makes it makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously there, there's a huge following, uh, a huge user base of you people here in the u.s so they're they're holding theirs in uh new orleans they're doing so i think i'm not sh- are they the guys who are doing the conference where you can actually tag tag on yeah 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 check this out so if you go to uh viewconf.us they're actually tagging their conference on to other conferences so it's like hey you know our conference is you know the 27th through the 28th and then jazzcon uh, jazzcon.tech is the 21st to, through the 23rd oh wait uh, yeah 21st through the 23rd and then connect connect.tech is the 17th through the 19th so you can actually buy these combo packs wow I like I like that that's interesting but you really you like that yeah I'd love to be in right. Louisiana for a month in the middle of March yeah, that that is. I guess that's a point to be made there. Yeah. So, the the conference itself. So you're buying tickets to JazzCon.tech and the conference for thirteen hundred bucks, or Connect right, Tech right. and ViewConf.us. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. I assume there's a discount there. I mean, I, I know. That's less than half of what the conference 
price is for holy sh. Or that's they're charging six hundred dollars just for their workshop than, day. Wow. No, you must be reading that wrong. No, I'm not reading it's that wrong. Six ninety five for the conference, and then conference plus workshop. Adding what? one day is thirteen hundred bucks. I think that's early bird oh, pricing for the individual. Wow. No, no, I think they messed up because no. it's the same. Pr- He's right. Wow, yeah, that's six hundred bucks. <laughs> that can't be right. Why not? Nah, that can't be right, can it? It's what they're doing. Yeah. Or instead of instead of doing the workshop. You can add on jazzcon.tech or connect.tech for 600 bucks. <laughs> so, WavePHP is a uh, steal. Get your tickets now. <laughs> it's a steal. <laughs> we really need to jack those prices up, John. Yeah. I don't know what we're charging. What are we charging for Wave? Like, what's, the, what's the blind bird? $6,000. Your $6,000. The blind bird is going for a mere two seventy five, and that includes the extra day, the workshop day, two hundred bucks. Are we really just charging two hundred bucks for a, a conference ticket? We've got we've got to cancel. We don't, we Listen, don't know what we're if doing. You're, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, you really, really should buy these blind early bird prices because this shit's going up here real soon, <laughs> real soon. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> Two hundred bucks. They're charging six ninety five for views. That's like one thing. <laughs> they're charging thirteen hundred for the workshop plus conference for three days, and we're charging two seventy five. <laughs> I think we messed up on our pricing for sure. Really don't really don't know what we're doing. <laughs> they're in Louisiana. We're in um, SoCal. Much nicer to come here. Just saying. Uh, no kidding. You can go. You can go flying a paraglider here. Can't do that in Louisiana. Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, Save it for the tweets. According to our website, <laughs> what? SD fun fact: You could fly we a paraglider. Have Legoland. We have. We have. There will be roller coasters at our conference. Well, not at walking our distance from our conference. You can ride a roller coaster. Oh, apparently, walking distance. Yeah. And they haven't killed anybody yes, in like there's... twenty years. Yeah. Come get drunk with us. I, I would honestly, looking at these two conferences, I would honestly probably come to San Diego before going to New Orleans, just because it's San Diego and there's so much to do around here. Yeah, for two hundred bucks? Are you kidding me? But again, if your company's paying, we really would like you to pay the four seventy five. So I have a question. I got a bone to pick, guys. Hey. No, me. Go ahead. Uh, Pick no. my bone. <laughs> no, you have a question. That's faster than a bone to pick. Question for you. So, what do you consider a senior developer versus intermediate, junior? What's the difference in your opinion? Early 50s, maybe 60. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> We just had this conversation on Lara Chat. Actually. Did you really? The, the, I should listen to that levels. show sometime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not very yeah, good. It... <laughs> Ever since because they had this new guy, we we brought up the whole the whole paradox of you may be a senior developer at your little three man shop, but would you really be a senior developer at a 
<clears throat> your web agency that has like 30, 30 developers there. Um, so yeah, that's a good question. I, I would be interested to hear you, you, how you guys differ, differentiate a senior developer from a, a, a junior developer, even, even a mid-level level developer. What, what are those, what are those breakpoints with you? Yes. Guys? There's not a, there's obviously not a test to say, this is where you're at. Uh, most of us give ourselves the title. We know we're, we're just starting out. We're junior. We have some experience. We're intermediate. Oh, we've been doing it for a few years. We're senior, right? But I've been mm. giving it. Good. I've, I've always experienced senior developers as people who achieved the position as part of a, a raise or a pay grade change, um, where. But that's again, that's subjective. It who's is subjective. Who's but giving them the title? But it's not a title. It's not a title that I gave myself. It's a title that. I've earned through the sake of another company and I can repeat it on my resume. Right. Um, okay. So... In the sense that when I was hired on as a junior developer for my last junior position, uh, I was there for some time and had a sit down meeting and they said, senior developer does this and does this and does this and gets this much money. Do you want to be a senior developer? And I said, what are the other options? And they said, well, a manager gets much more money and doesn't do coding. And I said, okay, senior developer sounds great. And the next job I had after that sort of confirmed that I was qualified as a senior developer. And so now it's just that I am a senior developer because I've been paid to do it. I've been paid for the position. But at the same time, in my current position, I don't do a lot of senior developer stuff. We have I have a very hands-on CTO, and he does a lot of the work that I, I heard. He's very handsy. Well, no, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> you can't you can't say that in this environment. I absolutely, can I oh, just yeah. did? No, it is. Were you not yeah. listening? Um, he he makes a lot of the decisions so, and and does a lot of does, the does that mean department you're not a senior developer anymore? I am a senior developer. Yeah. But I, right, John, what's what's your take on it? So I've never had a quote unquote junior developer role. I just haven't. I, the, the way I, the way I progressed through my career, it was always I was either the the person or I gave myself the title. So take that. I've never been given it by pay. But one of our clients, the one I started out with um, when I moved to San Diego, they always pride themselves on hiring senior developers, and only. That, that's always been their thing because they're a, a fully remote company. They want people that can manage their own time. And they they say they only hire senior developers. But they've recently, hired, they've recently hired three guys from that happen to be from the PHP community. Now, I vouched for one of them and then uh, the other two came on. And you could tell a big difference between these people and other developers just in the way that they bring ideas to the table. So to me, a senior developer is one that they, they get things done, but they also try to help improve things through expertise versus a task monkey. Tell me what I need to do. And I do it to me. That's more junior intermediate. One of the things I do a lot as a senior developer is evaluate technology for my CTO. So my CTO will say, Hey, we're looking at this, come back to me in a day and tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. Or I'll be the one who's running 
uh, test branches that has some new technology integrated into it and then showing it off to him once it's implemented because I have a greater understanding of the fundamentals of object-oriented relationships and how to just quickly bind a new API into an existing system. Mm -hmm. I don't have to dig around forever because I know our system. Um, but I also, like I was saying, I don't do some of the senior roles like establishing standards. I think establishing coding standards is the role of the senior developer um, and approving those standards is the job of the CTO. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't do a lot of say I don't do a lot of of communication with the front end developers where I say, "Hey, you guys don't use this style when you're doing this. Use this style instead because it creates a blocking issue on my end or on other people's ends." Um, I'm. It's more like I just complain to my boss about things I run into, and he gets on everyone else's case. But you're bringing it. the ideas to him, so that you're still doing that. So job. you're a passive aggressive senior developer. I like John's explanation yeah. better. I, John, John's because I, I I think that's because that that's the differentiator to me is to say you're a senior developer because somebody gave you that title is like me saying I'm a CTO. Yeah, I'm a CTO. I well, own the free. You company. gave you I'm that a, title. I'm a CTO. That's a what I'm saying. There. I'm not a CTO. I, no, it's not. There's not a difference. Somebody somebody giving you a title is just that. Somebody calling you something. Mm -hmm. Me calling myself a CTO is just as big of a joke no, as no, 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 you no. know me calling myself a, a senior developer. <laughs> it is, especially no, but, when you're in a is, small but, company. Because in my previous life, I was a CTO, a CIO. In reality, I wasn't any of those things. But it, it was a small company. I could really have any title I wanted. Well, I'll give you. I'll yeah, give I you the best sure. example I have. I asked for a raise at one company and they said, we cannot give you that raise because it's more than the manager makes. So in order to give you the raise that you want, we would have to change your job title and position. And then we could give you that raise because our org chart states that you can't make more than the person above you. So you'd have to be in a new position where you're not above them. You're alongside them. Mm -hmm. And, Right. But that's still somebody yeah, giving that, you a that's title. All, that's all. But it's also right, giving all, you the uh, work uh, that it entails too. They're adding the additional yeah. work of being a senior developer. They they required me to be and, and more that, interactive with the other a, developers. That's just a corporate structure. I mean, that's a corporate structure, mm -hmm. and that's my point. I think I think the differentiator of a true senior developer is more in line with what John said. It's not the titles that's been bestowed upon them. It's how they work. It's how they address problems is how they code is how they interact with people and that's that's really that 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 magic sauce of saying okay this is more than just a developer this guy this person this individual is Good a catch. level above they've leveled up thank you <laughs> and and we see we see it every day i mean we see it within our own, our own organization there's there's people who who would just do the tasks that have been assigned to them and they, they struggle kind of being off on their own. And then we have others who, you know, we couldn't run without them at this point. It's, it's like not only are they managing projects, but they're looking down the road. They're implementing solutions. They're coming to us. I, I'm no longer the, the, the bottleneck where I'm sitting there saying, okay, I want to look at this technology. Let's put this here. Let's try this here. Let's move it. I'm not, I'm not the only person doing that anymore. I have people coming to me saying, 
hey, I, you know, I've been looking at this. I've been playing with this. Sometimes my man, Kalen, doesn't even ask permission anymore. He just sends me a message said, hey, I did this. I'm like, okay, how much is that going to cost me? <laughs> but, you know, th- those are the differentiators. Those are the senior developers. Unfortunately, we have a lot of them within our group, but we've also had some who definitely didn't didn't match up to, to that level. And there is, I, I think... But did you take John's the title away from them when they didn't eyes. fit it? But we don't really... We don't have titles. Yeah, we don't really have titles. We. Well, yeah, you don't even have employees. True. But, oh, this is true. But, <laughs> that whole but I've, I've been in. I've been in, an, I've been in an enterprise, like real straight-up enterprise structure where you weren't just a software developer. You were software developer 2, PHP spec, software developer 3... Mm-hmm admin software yeah. developer three uh desktop i mean that and like the titling that corporate structure right in 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 right. small and medium structure. in small and medium corporations you know it's it's an ego stroke to be senior administrator you get to you get to laud your power over other people um it, it has a functional effect as well when someone says i'm the senior administrator or i'm the senior developer then the juniors know listen closely um, mm-hmm. but in a corporate environment, if I'm, I mean, you can, you can just go on monster.com and look up network administration and you'll see that network administration for a corporate environment, for a real enterprise company, isn't just network administrator, senior network administrator. There's network admin one, two, and three network admin, senior one, two, and three, uh, right. you know, the, those titles, Indicate and a, a lot history of, reasons why, of responsibilities. See, there's a lot of reasons why there's that structure, especially for bigger corporations. Some of it, you know, depending on what state you're in, it could be a union issue. I, I've worked in states before where we've been part of a union, and it's a very strict structure where it says, okay, this person, you know, if they start, they can they cannot be above this level. They cannot earn the, more than this much money. And everybody on this level earns this much. And everybody on this level earns this much. And it, it was this weird uh, thing where you kind of knew what everybody made based on what level they were at. Which right. is kind of weird. The Navy is the same knew way. You made. If you're an E-17, everyone yeah. knows exactly how much you take home. Right. And so... It, so sometimes there's reasons behind that structure. And and again, it, it falls in place with the whole anointing somebody a title of some sort. It's just kind of ambiguous to whatever organization you're working for at that time. But there's no real, you know, okay, well, you know, you say you were the CTO of this company, so you are now a CTO in the real world. It's like, mm, no, not really. Uh, yeah, I think... I think John's opened my eyes to this a lot. I mean, what to look for more when when interacting with developers. I think it has a lot to do with resume fodder. If someone is a CTO at a previous company and says that you can contact them, then you know that they've at least done the job of CTO at that company. But if they say you can't contact that company... What that job is could be varies from company to company. Sure, but if it's a yeah. bank, it doesn't really vary that much. Well, we're not talking banks. We're talking about dev jobs. It's it's any dev job. I mean, if I'm working for Motorola, if I was working hey, for Qualcomm, if... just concede, say, John, you win this one. Well, <laughs> I don't because it brings me to my bone to pick. Okay, pick my bone. Everyone, pop open. 
the 2017 Laravel survey. I'm so sick of these surveys. This, are we picking bones here? This is my bone to pick. I'm going to put my glasses back on. <laughs> All right. This survey is self-contradicting on so many levels. Oh, wait. I just, cat, biggest I just one... cat called Eric. I might have to get kicked off the show. <laughs> well, House of Cards, at least. Let's not... Let's not piss off the Laravel community any more than we have on past shows, man. I don't want to piss All off right, the Laravel what? community, but I, I also... <laughs> but you can't help yourself. <laughs> I, I, that's very true. All right, what do you got? One of, one of the questions I asked here is, what size Laravel projects do you work on? Um, 1,600 said medium, 500 said small, and 624 said enterprise. You're fucking wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> that project that you were working on is not an enterprise project. There are not 624 enterprise instances of Laravel out in the wild. So let alone let alone 624 people that responded to the survey. You really need to give breaks so people can interact. I really Thomas. don't this this brings up problems we've had the, with the, the, with Laravel and Enterprise the, in the past. Isn't this throwing us back to the is, same conversation we just had of senior versus not? It's very similar. Yeah, the, absolutely. The question is: Are these six hundred and twenty-five Laravel projects that have been deployed in an enterprise environment? I think is kind of what size Laravel projects do you work on? Six hundred twenty-four people size. said enterprise. So is that like a large project? I mean, I don't understand how enterprise equates to a size. Well, there isn't what does that mean? a large. There is small, medium, and enterprise. I would say I work on a large project. Uh, I'm an enterprise type of guy. The website that I the website I work you know for. <laughs> gonna get charges against you. <laughs> I would say the project hey, I work double, on is Double large. Jeopardy. I can't get charged twice for the same crime. Wait, is that how that works? <laughs> no, it's different instances every time. Anyway. Okay. I work on a large I, I'm project. Not sure, I, my I'm company not sure takes in size project. My is. company takes in millions of dollars. My company serves tens of thousands of customers, uh, hundreds of thousands of page hits a day, massive amounts of data. But I would never call what we do an enterprise project because it's not an enterprise project. I went to an open source meetup this week where the presentation was on Ansible. And I asked him, so what is, what is the scale for Ansible? Where do you guys start seeing users deploying? Because I'm at a smaller company that's only running 10, 15 servers total. And... In a room of 20 people, everyone stared at me and went, no, no, that's not what this is for. Ansible starts at 500 servers at the lowest level. You're supporting... No, that's not true. Sorry, Ansible, Ansible Tower, the Red Hat oh, okay. premium GUI. The, the enterprise implementation. Right, so I, was, I asked them at this meetup, what is enterprise to you? And they said... If it's less than 500 servers, you're not enterprise. Yeah, that 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 is again. We've had this conversation in the past. That that's equating enterprise <laughs> with some sort of size 
metrics. And what if I had 500 I, I micro instances on AWS? Is that enterprise now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, to, yes, to me, if you to, needed to, 500 to, micro instances. So, so back to your question. Is is your company or your your website is it dependent for its operations, its its day to day operations? Is it dependent on any outside vendors, with the exception of like a hosting provider? Obviously, that's an outside vendor. But like your database, you know, do you have some sort of port contract in place with Oracle, or do you have things like that? Or we have a just, couple. You know, you you might be taking advantage of some services, but. Your your site's probably not dependent on it, right? Yeah, we have we have a couple that right. we. I think that to to, to me, when the the years I worked in enterprise, that was the differentiator to me. Is my environment could not run without partnerships from other organizations, IBM, Oracle. Uh, you know, it just it flat out couldn't run because we had these partnerships. Well, correction in place. then, a hundred percent without Laravel, our entire company would crumble if, if laravel had a sudden fatal bug and we couldn't run laravel anymore we would be down that's a and platform gone. issue that's a platform issue and again laravel we've already established isn't an enterprise ready software because it doesn't offer that support that right. was the thing we, that's my we, that's my problem let, here let me finish let me finish though this i'm trying to differentiate an enterprise project or or to a, to a not enterprise. So you say you're not enterprise, and I'm I'm kind of giving you the the ammunition that I agree with you. You don't have this stuff, so you're not. So back to this question of what size is your project, and people saying it's enterprise. I don't understand what that means because enterprise is not a size. You know, you could you could have a small application, a small WebSphere application that's running on an Oracle database that you have to have these partnerships in place with both these companies for this thing to run because you know, you have there's that's an that would be an enterprise <clears throat> that could be an enterprise application, but it could be a very small application in size. So but with that so with that example, if I'm relying on a queue service from Amazon, does that make me an enterprise system? See, I, see, that's more of a service, right? That that's that, that's a service that, that you're depending on. You can replace that. Same thing with even the Laravel platform. You know, to to Thomas's point, he says if Laravel were to introduce a bug, their environment would go down. That that's a platform decision that was made. You decided to use Laravel, which again we've established not an enterprise ready uh, a solution. With AWS, it's kind of both ways, right? You can actually you can actually purchase enterprise support from AWS. Then, yeah, if if you're paying for that support and you're using their queuing system, you want to call your application enterprise. Then, yeah, it's kind of enterprise at that point. So, are you, are you saying? Are you saying that just taking advantage of this? If you have to provide support for your product, then you are enterprise. I'm saying that is that is definitely one of the requirements to be considered enterprise ready. I'm not saying you are enterprise. I'm saying if you want to be considered enterprise ready, you have to supply support, enterprise support, which is what centers around a lot of SLAs, service level agreements, to the people who who, you, who contract with you, of how that support is managed. Support is key in enterprise. When you say enterprise, you think support. People are paying premium money 
to support every aspect of the environment. That's what enterprise is. And if you want to be an enterprise company, if Laravel wants to be an enterprise solution, which we've talked about in, in, in the past, they have to have that support structure in place. And that can't be of, oh, hey, yes, yeah, send Taylor a telegram. And if you pay him 500 bucks, he'll respond to you in the next 24 hours. That's not that's not a enterprise level support. There are SLA, SLAs in place, contracts in place. It's very clear. Vertical, you know, vertical there's scalability. A, there's a there's accountability for uh, poor is issues. You can be on the hook for your client's failures. So if if WebSphere were to go down because of some massive bug that they that they introduced, the enterprise I was working for at the time had legal recourse against IBM to say, "Hey, you know, we had this agreement with you guys, this enterprise level agreement." We want compensation to the fact that you brought down our storefront for two days. That's enterprise, people. Enterprise is not how many lines of code are, are in your in your software. That's not enterprise. That's just a big code base. I work with some massive code bases. They're stupidly written massive code bases. It doesn't make them enterprise. You're upsetting the you're upsetting the office manager. <laughs> so Thomas, I agree with Eric on this one. You're just getting screwed left and right on this episode. I, I will tell you what. I'll tell you what. I agree, too. And here's my issue. Are there 624 enterprise-sized Laravel projects as per the survey? And the answer is enterprise size is not a fucking thing. Small, medium, and large are. Measuring bandwidth is. Measuring client hit rates is. Size does not make sense when you start looking at code bases and their, their interaction with your customers. Was that I your run bone a, to pick? I, I, that is my bone to pick, is that this is, again, enterprises showing up as being a completely yeah. arbitrary right. term so, for people who want to think their jobs so, are important. So the, the next couple questions down, Laravel is mature and robust enough for enterprise projects. Let's see... Uh, 1,743 people agreed with this. That's 1,743 people who don't understand what a fucking enterprise project is right there. Right. Medium projects. And I really think they're using Enter the, the term enterprise project as large project. And right. I think again, so, too. Right. I, I think the word enterprise here is just getting buried as, as a buzzword that means literally nothing and that people who are believe themselves to be working on enterprise Laravel projects are going to try and get a new job and get laughed out of the interview, which is something yeah. that is, which is something that's happened to me. I thought I worked on a huge project. I went to another company and did an interview and they talked to me about it. And I went through three hours of interview with managers, QA support. I went through this lengthy interview. And finally the guy, the senior developer had the time of his day to sit down with me. And it was just me and him in a room. And he asked me like three questions. And I, just sort of stared at him. I was like, "Oh shit, I'm, I should not. I'm totally not supposed to be here, huh?" And he's like, <laughs> "And he no." And he looked at me and said, "I understand your your ambition. Here, are, here are, is a list of the books to read if you want the position that you're applying for. But you're way out of your league, and you just didn't know because you've never seen it before." And I think a lot of people are in that situation where they think they're on quote unquote enterprise because they've never really seen it. There's, there are a lot of small I, I, to I've medium shops. 
I've always but, had and, a problem with the Laravel's community, uh, their interpretation of enterprise, and it stems to the core. There, there's plenty of podcasts with Matt, Jeffrey, and Taylor talking about enterprise and kind of you know just poo-pooing it and. And it's like, yeah, 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 I'm like yelling at my at my phone. It's like, no, you guys don't know what you're saying. Stop talking. You're you're passing out fake news, bad information. Stop. But, but if they were to offer an and enterprise I, I, level service agreement, they could probably make a ton more money than they're making now. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. Think so well, especially if they'd done it about a year or so ago when the iron was really hot with Laravel. Uh, I still think today they could do it because there aren't a lot out there. I mean, there are some that come close. Obviously, Zen and Symphony are, are the big players when we talk about PHP and Enterprise Ready. Uh, those guys are the big. Even, you know, again, I'm I'm one of the champions of Cake PHP and the kind of uh, commercial structure that they've put around their uh, framework with DC. Uh, was it DC Cake? I think is what they call it. Um, I, I don't know if I would categorize them as enterprise ready, but they're kind of they're kind of further along, in my opinion, further along than Laravel is today. Which, you know, that that's all up to Taylor. I mean, it, it's it's kind of you know what he's trying to accomplish and what he's willing to take on. And if he doesn't want, because it's a headache. I mean, trying to live in the enterprise world once you really get there is expensive. And it's a headache, and there's a lot of overhead, and it's fine if that's not what you want to do. But don't say that you're enterprise ready. Then stop saying it. Stop. Stop right. saying that. You know, can can people use Laravel in the enterprise? Sure. There's risk associated with it. Again, as somebody who worked in the enterprise, I had many battles implementing any open source solution. There's all these, you know caveats and legal issues and blah 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 and there's every 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 level so yes people can use laravel for in the enterprise envi- in in an enterprise company that does not make it an enterprise ready platform and it, it just isn't so what one last observation on this is if you want to see who is filling out this survey you can scroll down and see the i'd love it if there were more laravel question Number one is tutorials, which Laracasts exists and is essentially done. And number two is articles. Again. Which is the same fucking thing. The very, very last one, with only 296 people responding, is on-site training, which is the only thing in this questionnaire I would consider an enterprise-level service. (laughs) That's a good example. That's a very good example. So if you've got 600 and something projects running enterprise Laravel apps, but only 296 people think that there needs to be, let's be fair, some on-site training, because there isn't an on-site training system, then there's there's 300 people that don't know what enterprise means. Thomas, you've redeemed yourself. I agree with you. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and appa- apparently, they, they uh, four hundred two people think they want more podcasts, which is you know, idiots. <laughs> yeah, nobody this, wants. This must have been a... well. They've heard ours. Ours has been around <laughs> since the last. That's the thing is, we covered the two thousand sixteen Laravel survey. This was obviously <laughs> a, a choose all that apply. I would love it if, and they're just like check, 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 check. 
Exactly. Uh, it's. I want all these things. The, the information in this survey is it's pretty much useless given how pointed some of the questions are. 456 people said there's only one person in their business. Right. Out of... 693 people want more online conferences. What? This so, is... there's, my, <laughs> there's my, my bone to pick about the Laravel 2017 survey. I... <laughs> and, and again, I mean, don't get me wrong... I love Laravel. It's the bleeding edge framework for PHP, but stop dropping enterprise anywhere near it. It's bleeding edge. It's not enterprise. The it isn't. If you'd like to see the survey yourself, so you go to what... laravel-news.com and check it out. <laughs> I feel like this is a big okay. ad for them. <laughs> <laughs> Is anyone even one watching my, the YouTube comments? One of my. No, is there any going my, on? Uh, there's nothing there. There's no nobody even watching. We didn't, nobody cares. We didn't post on Twitter. We didn't post anywhere. Nobody knows we're streaming. And they don't care. It's a it's a double whammy. <laughs> one of the bones to pick. One of the, one of the, my bones I like picking. No, wait. The, the to- roll it bone. back. Roll it back. Start over. I pick. Wait. One of the bones I, I like stroking. Touch my bone. <laughs> wait. What? What? Huh? Email. I'm not a fan of email. I hate email. And I've actually been, over the years, uh, that's not true, over the last couple months, really trying to train myself to only check email a couple times a day. I do it when I wake up in the morning to see if any alerts have triggered that I need to be aware of overnight. And I try to check it again uh, late in the afternoon when my work day is kind of winding down. Um, I don't check emails a lot. But one of the things that have has always been out there with emails is this discussion of charging for emails. I don't know if you guys remember this back sure. in the nineties, two thousands. And of course, Bill Gates proposed yeah, it. That's a, a stupid idea, huh? Bill Gates proposed a system that that's looks true. similar to Ethereum. Yeah, yeah. I I came across Earn dot com, which is essentially that. Like you charge people to email you, and and you you actually get charged to reply as well. So the thing about it is you make money. It's like it's like when people when when there's a court when there's a correspondence going back and forth, you apparently make money off of it. You you don't make all the money, of course, but I thought this was interesting. I mean, it, it it's always been one of those things that to com, com, combat spam. Is if everybody had to pay a penny to send an email, that would be, you know, nothing to an individual sending emails, but that would be a lot of money to somebody trying to send spam. And uh, I thought this earn.com was interesting. I'm like, man, I'm I'm so tempted to actually sign up for this. Oh God, no. I know, I know. I'm not. I I didn't do it. And, and you 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 get paid in Bitcoin too. That's the other cool thing. You do about. not. No, it's not Bitcoin. I thought it was Bitcoins. <laughs> no. You get paid an earn token. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just you can, Bitcoin. You can, like, buy Whoppers with it. So's a penny. <laughs> a penny. If you if you said, yeah, I earned I earned some Bitcoin today, you say, how much? Well, one penny's worth, but it was cashed directly to USD. I have to go out and buy the Bitcoin with it. Doesn't mean it's worth anything. So this is, this is a money grab. This is a shit ICO. 
but they're they're so what they're showing in their pages of BTC. They're showing an image there. Are they saying that that it's equivalent to twenty dollars of BTC? Like their the earned coin is equivalent. It's marketing material. I'm sure it doesn't even actually work right now. <laughs> well, it says you it's get a paid page full of marketing it says material. You get paid in Bitcoin, so it works in any country. It does right. say that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they're telling the truth too. Oh my gosh, Nancy Naysayer. <laughs> They're a direct competitor for my brilliant idea. What am I supposed to do? Support them? Wow. I, I thought that, I thought this was interesting. Like, if nothing else, to have that 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 throwaway email address that you sign up for all these lists with and make them pay. I mean, showcom I, at gmail dot com. Sure. That's the one I use. Now I gotta see if I actually I gotta see if I actually have that one. <laughs> I. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Sh- I, I looked at. It's been a while since I put this on on the list. This is one of the things I added to the Trello board. I forget how people actually have to has to have to pay. There's a there's a video on here somewhere. I can't find it now though. Here's how you vet an ICO or any kind of crypto company like this. They they will have a founders page. And if you look at the founders, I've already, I've already closed the tab. Now I got to get everything open again. I thought if you look at the founders, topic. and you look at the Where's jobs the that they've page? had, or their their bragging rights, and their bragging rights don't have anything to do with cryptocurrency, then it's bullshit. Uh, well, you got it. Let's be fair. How long has cryptocurrency been a thing? The uh, people level. I mean, a lot of the people the... who are developers in the cryptocurrency community are selling their name to ICOs that they get behind. Of so course. when you look at somebody like Vitalik, if if there's an ICO and Vitalik says, I'm a primary investor, then that's probably a strong investment because you know he's done the legwork to make sure his name is on the line and it counts for something real. When it's three people who are all listed as just angel investors and those are your top three employees in the company, it's fucking bullshit. Businessmen are good at one thing, and it's creating hype and then selling at the peak of the hype. That is what they do. The, the best businessmen will, will create a hype machine, run it to the very top, and then get out while the getting's good. And it says so right here, Ben Horowitz, co-founder at Aberdeen Horowitz, founder CEO of Opsware, sold to HP for $1.6 So his biggest achievement is getting out while the getting's good. And he's the number one listed guy on their what is our company. That's not fucking good. Now, if one of your top guys was co-creator of Coinbase, then yeah, that's got some weight to it. But he has no experience in the crypto sector, and his greatest achievement is selling out. (laughs) That's... You're, 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 uh, you're, 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 you
different story. Business owners, yeah, good on them. They're working hard and they might like their employees or might not, might care, might not. But businessmen, people who define themselves as investors. Why can't it be Why can't it be business people? I, I can't get into the systemic problems with society right now. <laughs> but let's be fair. It is. So if, if I keep my 85 cents that I have currently at 0. 0.0001 Bitcoin for a few years, I may have two bucks that I can cash out now. Sweet. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't expect to get I wouldn't expect to get more than five dollars from this company ever, even as a very active user. Which seems like not enough money to deal with their bullshit. Especially since Facebook exists and is already monetizing me much better than they are. Oh dude, did you did you listen to that podcast I sent you? What the one where Facebook's listening to ads? It's, that's not what the podcast was, was talking about, dude. I don't, I don't know. What did you send me? All right. So, friend of the show, Jessica, last name, something German. My daughter can pronounce it. Oh, um, dude. I'm a big fan of her. <laughs> I don't think that's how you pronounce it. It's something else. But uh, I talked about her on the last show. We, we were sharing a podcast listening list, and uh, Pocket Cast decided to be dweebs and whatever. Um, oh, I did see this. She tweeted out. She had tweeted out this uh, podcast she started listening to called Reply All. And specifically, uh, this show about how uh, is, is Facebook l- listening to your open mic? Not, not ads, not the signals, but to your open mic. Yeah, we know they and are. It, uh, no, they've admitted. You've got to listen to the show. No, they haven't admitted. Dude, you've got to stop making this stuff up. Stop man. making us fake news. They have news. not admitted to it. They, 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 they specifically say that on the show where they've reached out to Facebook and said, hey, is this something that's happening? And they're like, absolutely not. There's no, that's not happening. You have to give them and, permission and they, to, they give, tr- to give them access to your mic, don't you? Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things they, they, they talk about is how to they, – they don't talk about it on the show, but they, they, they shared a link in the show notes on how to disable the mic in the Facebook app. However, so here's the thing. They in 2014 Facebook Facebook's app was using ambient audio to try to establish your location while you were writing a post. I, I don't I don't I don't know what you're asking there, but they they specifically addressed this issue of whether or not Facebook has a hot mic that they listen to while the app is running to better your experience and facebook denied it uh but if you listen to the show the the stories that people are telling you are like are you and it, it's funny because there's two of them on, on the show and one of them's kind of trying to play the 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 supporter of facebook like okay well you know in theory they could have done this this and this and you know, maybe they maybe they realized that the mother-in-law had flown in and this, and they put all these these uh, endpoints together. But uh, but you listen to the stories that these people are telling, and it's like, if that is true, if that really happened, I'm uninstalling the Facebook app from my phone because there's no way you can convince me that they didn't get that information any other way but listening to a hot mic. So you really need the... to listen to that show. I will. I, I, know, I will. I will. I'm always but, pimping other podcasts. I've been criticized by this by many people 
on this podcast, I pimp more podcasts than no other podcast has ever talked about this podcast ever, with the exception of me talking about this podcast on other podcasts. Nobody else has talked about this. I have probably spoken Hashtag about humble brag. podcast I listen to. <laughs> Uh, so I'm perfectly fine sharing the love from this side out. I'm just like that ugly prom date where nobody wants to share the love back. But reply so, all. I think I think it's going to find its way into my uh, my weekly rotation. Here is the trick, though. Facebook's response to this this hit Reddit and it was big news for a couple days, and Facebook released a response that instantly got paraphrased. And then paraphrased and paraphrased to the point where their response was completely obfuscated. And I don't know if it was done maliciously or on purpose, but the response from Facebook is only two paragraphs. And the response starts off with the first sentence, Facebook does not use your phone's microphone to inform ads or to change what you see in the news feed, period. They did not say Facebook does not use your microphone for any purpose. They did not say Facebook <laughs> is not collecting data. They said, hey, when it comes to ads, we don't do that. But they absolutely, in 2014, confirmed that they run an open microphone when you've got the Facebook app open and they use it for some data collection. And so you're saying they got a whole lot of pooping the, the noises. Art- in their database. If you if you if you look at the reply on Reply All's website, the second paragraph says we only access the microphone if you have given our application permission and if you are actively using a specific feature that requires audio. Correct. Browsing the Facebook the app. <clears throat> they if I they're going to define I, I really... if they're going to define what they, features require permission first off you can't install the app without giving it permission to the microphone so that's a bullshit excuse second off when they say it only uses the microphone for authorized uses that means fucking everything that means everything where's my button to start the music to play this off the stage That's no. Whenever you, you say you that, 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 that's it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, did I kick off Doom and Gloom this week? <laughs> I'm Doom and Gloom. Oh, I, st- I started like it now. so early in the podcast. You guys just didn't even notice. <laughs> oh my! Goodness. Yeah, Facebook's response is that they don't use the collected audio information for advertising. They're completely fucking lying. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Guy. Are you really all? I, all I'm gonna say about all I'm gonna say about it is the proof that it's happening. If if the, what people are saying now again, I I don't have collaborating evidence. I, I I have not experienced this myself, and I'm only going off the words of "Hey, dude, you know I saw this you know Bigfoot in the woods" sort of stories of "Hey, we did this, and then this happened." It's like, oh, really? You know, it's it's hard to say, but. If any of those stories are true, I'm flipping out. I I, I don't necessarily 100% believe Facebook. I'm not going to say, oh no, yeah, no, Facebook isn't doing that because they are a company. They're a company that's that's run on advertisement, on advertising revenue. So of course they're always pushing that envelope. They're always going to push it. But 
whether or not I'm willing to say that they're listening to Hot Mike right now, that's a pretty serious accusation and, and one that has, I feel, legal ramifications as far as invasion of privacy, blah, blah, blah. I, I would not, I would not openly state I feel that's happening without some hardcore proof that I've seen on my end. So should I do it then? Let's do it. The, open up the premium. Face, open up your Facebook. Listen, listen. Let's do it. Let's do a test. I say we all open up the Facebook app on our phone and have a conversation about speedos and buying a speedo and see if speedos show up. That is not up how either. that works. That's exactly how it works. You gotta listen to the show. Don't tell me how it doesn't work if you didn't listen to the damn show. That's exactly Spe- what they're Spe- saying it happened. No, Speedo is a brand. You have to establish no, a need, that's exactly and they will it. attach no. a brand. Thomas, I swear to freaking God, if you would freaking listen to me, this is how it worked. This is exactly what they did. I say we do this right now. We all open our phones. We all open up our Facebook app, and let's have a five-minute conversation about buy, needing to buy a Speedo bathing suit or a bathing suit, and let's see if an advertisement shows up on any of our news feeds for bathing suits. First thing we should establish. Okay, first have, off, have, have any have any of us got got advertisements on our news feeds for bathing that suits? That sounds like five minutes. Way I actually, too have, long. I actually don't get ads. I, okay. I have pretty efficient. So let's ad do blocker. this. But put hold on. Money, put your money where your mouth is. I, I'll say you're on the right track. However, you're currently in a room where there's an Amazon Alexa listening. No, I'm not. There's I'm, no I'm not, listening I'm, device. There, there, there's no listening devices in here at all. I, I, I'm leaving my office. Everything. Is, if you're going to do this, now the issue is consistency. So you have to you have to repeatedly say throughout the day the no, thing you're looking not, for. No, no, it's not true. No, it's not. Again, you didn't listen to this article. These, these were obscure statements that were made in passing. Very. The one very, I saw was about cat food. That that didn't even come up on the show. Well, shit. Then we're we're on different pages. Exactly. No, I. We will right get together. Page. You're just not listening to me. Let's do it. I'm saying we All do right. it right now. John, who do you agree with? Eric in this one. He agrees with me because I'm the only God one that listens to the damn show. <laughs> Open up, You've had my back open all up. show. You've had my back for the whole show, <laughs> the and whole now show. I th- I think this is paranoia. Make, this is we, somebody reading we can fake make news. Podcasting his- we can read. We can make podcast history by doing this right now. I'm not doing live this. on the show. That sounds five minutes way I, I, too I, long. I've got mine. We are absolutely will, not. I'm not going to talk about speedos into my phone for five minutes on a podcast. That is the worst. I, possible broadcasting idea we will just yeah we'll get a pair of great swim trunks and we'll lose 200 viewers i'm gonna have 200 to lose 200 just so you know i'm I'm launching facebook (laughs) so i know summer's over but i could really use a nice pair of speedos i want to hear about the samsung rewards i really want to know what the whole point on bathing suits Thomas, I saw this on so your list. So if I can find a big, good, good, good bathing suit price, <laughs> can we please move on? I may buy it. I would probably buy. it I don't online. use Samsung products. If this anymore, happened because you I'm agreed with Pixel, him. So I'd really like to know about Samsung rewards suit. and what this is all about. Speedo would be the brand I want. Uh, hey, Speedo. honey, honey, can you remind me to go out and get a pair of Speedos later? I keep forgetting to go out and buy them. Why is there a picture of a dude some, on your phone? I need some kind of, I need some kind of bathing suit. 
and I think a speedo is the right kind of bathing suit for me. Uh, so I'm so sorry, you just remind me to go out and right get now. one. You can just tune out at this point. The show should be over. There we go. There pretty we sure go. the show is November over. I'm pretty 9th, sure this is the death knell. November 9th, 2017. Audience, you're welcome that I wasn't here last week and the show was canceled. John, you're going to mess it all up because you didn't do it. But if if I if I get an advertisement for any sort of swimwear in my Facebook feed, I promise you I will screenshot it and tweet it out. You live in San Diego, though. I actually have to... I actually have to, but I've already established I have never gotten a swimsuit ad in my feed ever, and now, it's November. Here's, it's here's November, the creepy thing: so there should be I'll, there should be no reason for there to be one. Here's the creepy thing: I'll ask you this, Eric. Hmm? What if it shows plus size options? I'm fine with that. That was very mean. Thomas. No, how are you yeah. fine with that? If it's plus size options, that means oh my they're God. scraping I other data. A, I just got an advertisement: free training and tools for Google to help you expand your skills and careers or, or business. What have we been talking about today? What have we been talking about today? Uh, now I don't know. <sighs> give it. Give us the sign-off, John. Um, no. Really? Holy crap. How bad was this show that, John, that Thomas is asking to end? I it? know. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to this. I have, some offline, I have some offline ranting to do. I'm John Cogden. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep, Keep it speed Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.